0: Well, hello City First Church. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Welcome everyone who is watching, all of our online people, including our State Line and Spring Creek locations. Thanks for joining us. And our Cape Coral crew, who you're meeting in person, and I'll be real honest, I'm slightly jealous about that. We welcome you today, and to our God behind bars, guys, we want to say that we love you, we are cheering you on, and we're praying for you. We know that this has been a really uh, different and a difficult time, but you are in our thoughts and prayers, and we're in this together. And if you're new here to City First Church today, you are our honored guest. You will soon learn that we're just a bunch of normal, everyday people who have just met Jesus. And he's changed us and now we're learning how to be more like him. So no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey, you are welcome here today. And I want to just start off by saying that Jer and I miss seeing you in person. I miss hugging people, okay? I miss gathering together, all of us. I miss hearing you sing in worship, at least most of you, right? But Honestly, I really am so grateful for this, what we have right now, meeting online, um, what we're doing right here. We're continuing to be able to grow together and learn together as a church family, and that is pretty special. It's actually been pretty cool. A bunch of you have started gathering together and watching the weekend services as life groups in person, and that has been fun to see. So baby steps, right? Baby steps. Well, I'm excited to get to share it with you today there is something really special about these moments. Our times together, when we get to crack open the Bible, God's Word together. You know, we don't just gather in this moment to watch. We believe that right here, right now, right where you are at, God wants to say something to you, to each of us today. So no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey again, whether you're a seasoned saint, okay, or you're new to faith maybe, or maybe you're still seeking and asking questions about Jesus, when you're listening today with an open heart, God will be sure to speak to us. He will. God will show us. He'll reveal to us how we can continue to become the people he wants us to be. I believe that right now this is a sacred time. So I want to take a moment And just invite God into our right now, right where you're at, in your living room, at the coffee shop, in your office, wherever it might be. I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. And let's just invite God into this space, into this moment, and speak to our hearts. Heavenly Father, God, we don't want to have church as usual today. We open our hearts and our minds to you, and we ask you to speak to us. God, this can be a sacred moment in this week, Lord God, where you um, grow us, where we are challenged, where we learn. And so it's with open hands and open hearts that we receive from you today with expectant hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I heard that amen. I heard it. Well, I have a question for you guys. Has anyone ever paid you back evil for good? Maybe a boss or a coworker. worker um, Has anyone ever paid you back betrayal for faithfulness? Maybe in your marriage, maybe in a friendship. Has anyone ever paid you back hate when you had sowed kindness? Maybe that was a neighbor. Maybe that was a family member. What about lies for honesty, or ungratefulness for generosity, or backstabbing for friendship? The answer is most likely yes for all of us who are watching, probably multiple times over. I think especially in this season that we're in, you know, tensions are running high, right? Not only are we navigating what we're walking through as a nation and a world, but we're also just still living our normal everyday lives, right? And we're dealing with, well, um, people, (laughs) right? People. And when we deal with people, we live with them, we work with them, we rub shoulders with them every single day. There will be endless opportunities for us to become hurt and offended and angry and upset. And the question I have for us today is this. How do we navigate these feelings, these situations, as people of faith? Not just people, but as people of faith. As people who look to the word of God for direction. As people who ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. See, as followers of Jesus, you guys, we don't just live by how we feel. We don't just live by how we feel. We live by the word of God and what God's word says to us. And the word of God is full of instruction on how to guide and guard our hearts in every season and circumstance. So today we're going to be looking at a story in the Old Testament to see how a man of God by the name of David, yes, this is the David and Goliath, David, okay how he navigated a season where he felt offended. And well, when you hear the story, you'll see that he was really just ticked off. (laughs) He felt taken advantage of. And before we read, I wanna give you just a little bit of background. You know, David has at this point been anointed to be the next king of Israel, but he had been running from the current crazy king Saul and who is trying to, by the way, kill him. And David finds himself in the wilderness with 600 of his men, okay? So he's with a big crew of people. So David and his men end up happening upon, in this wilderness, a group of shepherds who work for a very, very wealthy man named Nabal. Now David and his men were good to these shepherds and they even ended up defending and protecting them all from an attack from a Philistine army. So they came to the defense of Nabal's shepherds. Now the Bible says this about Nabal, okay, that he had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep. Now we might be looking at that and go, what does that mean? <laughs> this is what it means in Bible terms, okay? He was totally loaded. All right, Nabal is loaded. He's a rich guy. And part of Nabal's wealth was found in this enormous amount of goats and sheep that he possessed. They made him very wealthy. Now, without David and his men protecting and defending the shepherds and livestock, Nabal could have lost a huge amount of his wealth. Now, because David had defended Nabal's wealth. He knew what kind of resources Nabal had, okay? And being that David had 600 mouths to feed, okay? He didn't just have a family of like five like me. He had 600 mouths to feed. And he'd been running from this crazy King Saul, right? He decides, David decides, to humbly ask Nabal for some food. So David sends 10 men speak with Nabal. And this is where we're going to pick up our story, okay? It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 6. So you can open up your Bibles, you can open up your Bible app, and I encourage you to join along with me in reading. Now, I'm not going to read the entire story, but I encourage you this week at some point to crack open 1 Samuel chapter 25 for yourself and read the story in its entirety, because it's pretty amazing. We're going to start in verse six. It says this, say to him, okay, so David's telling his men, say to Nabal, long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men, since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. So here's David, and he speaks blessing over Nabal and his household. And then he asks humbly for, what did the verse say there? Whatever you can find. And I want to remind us of something here, okay, is that David is anointed to be king. Meaning this is that David could have just demanded items from Nabal. He could have said, listen, you need to pay me back for defending and protecting your wealth. But instead, David is full of blessing and humility. And what is Nabal's response? Let's pick up in verses 10 and 11. It says this, Nabal answered, David's servants. Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered from my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where? Nabal's response here is what I would say is that of a typical jerk, okay? His response is insulting. And he says a big, fat no to David. How many of you guys know that sometimes your kindness will not be noticed, it won't be appreciated, and it might not be valued? This is what happened to David. And as you might expect, This doesn't go over well with David. What does he do? Verse 13, it says this. David said to his men, each of you, strap on your sword. So they did, and David strapped his on as well. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. (laughs) So David, he is not happy. He tells his buddies to strap on their swords and he gets his too. And he says, listen, we're going to go take care of some business. He did what all of us, if we're real honest, what all of us would do. Somebody hurts you, offends you, betrays you, mistreats you. And we call 400, right, of our closest friends and we go get ready to go hurt somebody. I remember years ago, this was probably over 20 years ago, one day I called my mom. And my mom, if you guys know my mom, Nancy, she is the nicest person. She is probably the most gracious woman I have ever met. She has worked tirelessly her whole life to be someone who treats people with grace and kindness, and she's taught me and my sister to do the same. Well, I get a call from my mom one day, and I end up saying, how are things going, mom? And I can tell she's down, and I ask her why, and she ends up sharing with me, which she didn't do often, okay? She ends up sharing with me that somebody had just completely, like, hurt her in a terrible way, had some said some incredibly mean things to her. Okay, well we've heard about the mama bear, right? Well the daughter bear came out. My mom tells me this story. I literally remember I was on the phone with her. I go, thank you, mom. Thank you for telling me that. I hung up the phone. That's how we used to hang up phones back then. And I start to get ready. I knew where this person lived and I was getting ready to go and get them. And so Jared's like, where are you going? Because we we're married at this time and I was like no place I'll be right back it'll be real quick and so all of a sudden the phone rings again and it's my mom and she's calling back and she and Jer answers the phone and and she this is what she says to Jar, where's Jen and he's like well she's she's getting ready to leave and these were her words don't let her leave the house Don't let her leave the house because I was gone. I had strapped on my sword and I was heading out because guess what? Someone had hurt my mom and I was offended. I was upset. I was angry and I was going to go take care of some business. And we all do this, right? At the end of the day, we want to avenge our hurts. We want to avenge other people's hurts. And it's going to feel good when we do it, right? Because that person, I'm telling you right now, if I were to tell you what it was, that person in my story, they deserved what was coming to them. They deserved it. Some of you, even as I'm sharing my story and I'm talking about how sometimes we're hurt and offended, as you're talking about this, you you have something replaying in your mind. And if at the end of the day, you were to share with myself and a bunch of the people who are watching right now, We, as your friends, would probably strap on our sword and say, let's go take care of this together, right? Because the hurt is real. It's real. So the question today is this. Is there a better way than avenging your own hurt? Is there a wiser way? And I want you to hang with me here, okay? Because I understand that what we feel and what we want to do, that kind of takes over. But can we just pause in the middle of the story and say, okay, God, is your way better? And if so, teach me. I want to know. So we're going to learn from David what happens in his story. There's a wise servant of Nabal's, and he ends up seeing what happens in this interaction between Nabal and David's men. And he goes and tells Nabal's wife, and her name is Abigail, he tells her what had happened and how disaster was now hanging over their house. And he tells her this, he says, now think it over and see what you can do. See what you can do. Now we're going to read what happens next. I want you to stick with me because this is a little bit longer here, okay? But I promise I will make sense of it at the end. It says this, that Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sayas of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead, meaning bring the food first, send the food first, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention to my Lord, to that wicked man Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives and you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming you, my Lord, be like Nabal. And let this gift, this gift, all of this food, which your servant has brought to you, my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord success, remember your servant. Now, I know there's a lot there, so let's break it down. Okay, Abigail was a very wise woman. She thought about what she could do, and then she acted quickly. So when you have your sword strapped on and you're ready to go to battle, what should you do? Well, the first thing is this, is listen to the woman who brings you lots of food. I'm just kidding. The real number one is this, pay attention to the roadblock. Pay attention to the roadblock. Here's David, and he's on his way, right, to make Nabal pay, and who happens to meet him? Abigail. Have you ever been about ready to pick up that phone? About ready to drive over to that place? About ready to send that text? About ready to post that on Instagram? about ready to give somebody, right, a piece of your mind when there's a still small voice. You hit a red light that makes you pause. (laughs) You run into someone on your way out the door. You have a thought that says, this isn't a good idea. Oftentimes, when we are about ready to take revenge or get back at someone, God will place a roadblock in your way to get us to pause and think. Don't blow by those. We have a tendency to kind of blow by those, right? But I'm encouraging you today, pause for the roadblocks. Abigail was David's roadblock. You know, he could have ignored her, and honestly, he could have even killed her and just kept going. But he stopped and paused to listen to the voice of reason, to the voice of reason. And I wanna encourage you guys not to ignore the roadblocks. Don't ignore that still small voice inside that says, "Mm, not a good idea. Don't do that. Listen to that person. Pay attention to what's happening because oftentimes God will place a roadblock in front of us and he's saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want you to pause right there because you're going to go do something you regret. So let's pay attention to the roadblocks. It brings me to the second thing you should do when you have your sword strapped on pause to listen to wise counsel. It's easy to call, right, your 400 friends who will strap a sword to their side for you, but it's a little more difficult to listen to one calm voice of reason and wisdom. You know, Abigail showed up, but oftentimes we will have to seek out wise counsel. I encourage you, if you are living angry, if you are living hurt, I want you to pause before you would do anything rash. And I want you to say, who are some wise people that I can surround myself with to listen to a voice of wisdom and reason? Sometimes wisdom will find its way to you, but other times you will need to seek it out. And you know this, don't just ask someone who's going to side with you all the time. David had asked the 400 people and they were like, let's do it. These are warriors. These are people who want to hurt people, right? They're like, we're in, we're strapping on our sword with you, okay? Don't just ask people who will side with you. Ask someone who is going to give you wisdom, who's going to help you crack open the word of God and pause and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do here with this that has been done to me? You know, often when we have been hurt, we don't want to listen to people, right? We want to go do our thing. But I would implore us to be the voices of reason and wisdom for each other. Don't just immediately strap the sword on for your friend. Don't just immediately strap the sword on yourself. But may we be like an Abigail. Now think it over and see what you can do. May we be a part of the bigger solution like Abigail. For the good of her house, right? For the good of those she loved, she acted in wisdom and reason. Abigail suggested something pretty powerful to David, and it's point number three. She said, stop paying attention to the fool stop paying attention to the fool. What were Abigail's words there? She said, please pay no attention to that wicked man Nabal. He is what his name means, a fool. And Abigail implores David, quit focusing on Nabal. My question for you is this, who or what are you focusing on? You know, some of us haven't acted on our feelings yet but we do keep thinking about and focusing on and replaying what happened over and over in our minds. You know, this can be just as unhealthy as acting on our feelings. Abigail was basically saying this, don't allow the actions of a fool make you act like a fool. And sometimes that's really easy to do. Abigail draws David's attention and focus off of the fool. And on to what? That's point number four. Look beyond the now. Look beyond the now. In Abigail's entreaty, right, that we read, she repeatedly shifts his focus to the future. When you've been brought success, she says, when you've been appointed ruler, when the Lord has fulfilled every good thing he promised, she takes his focus off of the fool and on to the future. What is done in the short term sticks with you in the long term. And Abigail knew that. She's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't look at the fool, David. Don't look at the fool. Look at the future. What God is gonna do with you and for you and through you. She's like, don't mess it up. See, Abigail knew that David would carry regret into his future if he went through with his own vengeful plot, and the same is true of us. If we're not careful, we will carry regret into our future if we go through with that thing we just want to say, that we want to do, that we want to make somebody pay, will carry regret. Some of us today, we need to look beyond the now. I mean, what are the ramifications of carrying out our own revenge? How does that play out in five or 10 years from now for, for me, for you, for, for your kids? for your friendships, for your neighbor, for your community. How's that going to play out in the long run? We don't want to carry regret into our future. And I think we all would agree with that. So what's David's response to Abigail's voice of reason? And I love this. What's his response to her voice of reason? It says this in verses 30 and 31, David said to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. So here's the question. What is the benefit to letting God avenge your offenses and hurts? What's the benefit to that? What are the benefits of doing things God's way? You know, I've actually thought about this long and hard, (laughs) especially in regards to this story, right? Because we wanna know, if I do things your way, God, is is it worth it? I mean, really, what is the benefit to letting God avenge your offenses and hurts versus you taking matters into your own hands and paying people back for what they've done? See, David had every right to be mad, and so do you. I mean, most likely, so do you. But in this passage, I believe the answer is in verse 31 when Abigail is speaking, she says this, my Lord David will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or having avenged himself. The benefit, you guys, is a clear conscience. A clear conscience from what? The staggering burden of needless bloodshed. It stops with us. It stops with us. The hurt stops with us. We don't have to carry regret into our future. We don't have to carry that hurt into our future. We don't have to carry it. Our kids won't have to carry it into their future. Guess what? It stops with us and consciences become clear we don't have to carry it oftentimes when we take things into our own hands we may not cause physical bloodshed but we will damage not just the person we want to pay back but we will also damage ourselves and other people those we love with our words and our actions and our anger Abigail knows that David will regret his decision to give payback himself and I can attest to this at the end of the day I have paid back people myself. I've said the things I've wanted to say. I've gotten it off my chest. And guess what? The next day I woke up with regret. But then there's been other times where I have done what Jesus has asked me to do, what God has asked me to do, and say, listen, God, this is yours to take care of. And I have been so glad that I did. I've been so glad that I kept my mouth shut. I've been so glad I didn't send that text, right? I've been so glad I didn't post that on social media. I'm so glad that I did not pay back evil for evil. And you won't regret it either all the feelings might come a little bit later. Yeah, making the right decision is like delayed gratification because it really would feel really good to post that, to say that, to do that. But guess what? We're not worried about the now. We're not worried about the fool. We're focused on the future. And if you read the story this week, you will see it's pretty fascinating how God's will is worked out In this story, even beyond what I have time to go into. So before I pray for all of us here regarding this message, I want to take just a second and maybe you're watching today and you're kind of hearing me talk about God's way of doing things. And you're like, I don't know if I've ever tried that before. I don't know if I've ever tried God's way. Well, guess what? Today can be your day, not just with this subject of feeling hurt and offended, but in every way. You know, we can have a relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And today, if you would say, hey, listen, I would love to start a journey with God. I would love to have a relationship with the one who made me, the one who created me, the one who knows me best. I'm gonna say a simple but a powerful prayer in just a moment. And if you wanna make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life today, you can do that just by praying this simple prayer and starting a journey with God. So if you wanna pray that prayer, you can join me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I choose today to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. I've tried doing things on my own, God, but today I choose to put you in the driver's seat. I receive the love and the forgiveness of all of my sins from you. I choose today to love you and to serve you and to make you the leader of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you made that decision today, someone's going to come up after me and they're going to give instruction about how we as a church can come alongside you in this journey of faith that you have just begun and that we are so excited for you about. And for the rest of us here, I pray that this message, would speak right to the heart of where you are at. I know that it is really easy in a world like this that we live in to be hurt and offended and angry. But guess what? As people of faith, God calls us to a different perspective. And today, my prayer for you is that you would have the courage and the strength to say, you know what, God? I'm going to try things your way. I'm gonna pay attention to the roadblocks. I'm gonna pause and I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna seek wise counsel. I'm gonna put my focus off of the fool and onto the future. And I'm just gonna see what you do with that. And I promise that if you will say, God, I wanna live your way, that you will not live with regret that is carried into your future. I love you, church. Be blessed in everything that you do in this next week. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.